The reading this morning is from the second book of Peter, chapter 1, beginning at the 12th verse uh, to 21, and it's on page 1894 of the Red Bible. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure you will always be able to remember these things. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honour and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Hear the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Are we on? Is that good? Oh, yeah. I can hear myself. Hey, Johnny. All right, great to see you here. Uh, thanks, Karen, for reading. Um, well, we humans are creatures of remembrance. Our lives are marked in various ways by things that help us remember. Uh, we celebrate birthdays, various anniversaries. Two days ago, we had Remembrance Day, where we commemorated the end of World War I. Uh, when someone dies, we have funerals to remember their life. We lay gravestones. These things give context and meaning to our lives. They help us reflect on the past and to see how we've come to where we are today and help us uh, look forward to the future. They contribute to a sense of identity. Sometimes we forget. You know, you forget the keys. You realise just as the front door closes. That happened this week to someone I know. (laughs) Or you forget your wallet when you go to the markets and then you go home to get it, uh, to go to the ATM, only to forget to take the cash with you that you've withdrawn. That happened last week to someone else I know. (laughs) Johnny. But more severe memory loss can be tragic. Uh, Amnesia, in its most serious form, uh, can cause someone to forget who they are. Um, It's incredibly sad and distressing. Um, In the passage that we're looking at today, Peter is writing to Christians who are at risk. Specifically, he's addressing the threat of false teachers that would seek to draw them astray and forget what they've been taught in the gospel. Uh, Peter is writing to 
remind them of their identity in Christ. Last week, we heard that Christians, in response to God's grace, are to make every effort for our faith to grow. And today, we hear that as Christians, we're to be people of remembrance, active in remembering who God is, what he's done, and who we are in light of that. Remembering is what strengthens and protects our faith. It causes us to trust God and his promises, and it helps us to continue in our effort to grow as Christians. Uh, So we see uh, three things uh, in this regard. We see, firstly, we need to remember. We need to remember. Secondly, that we have reason to remember. And thirdly, that we have the means to remember. Uh, And you'll find an outline on the uh, the sheet if you want to follow along. So firstly, we need to remember. Uh, Look at Peter's language. He says, I'll remind you. I want to refresh your memory so that you can remember these things. What do we need to remember? Well, the the, these things that he's reminding them of, uh, he's talking about what he's just written, uh, the passage that we looked at last week. Um, Let's have a quick look at some of the things he mentions there. Peter wants us to remember that God's divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life, that we've been called by his glory and goodness, that we have God's very great and precious promises to us so that we can participate in the divine nature, that as Christians we're to make every effort for our faith to grow. These are some of the things that Peter wants us to remember. But I think we can apply it more broadly as all aspects of the gospel, who Jesus is, what he's done, and our identity in light of that. And this is important. If we think of the context, uh, we know that Peter is approaching his death. Look at verse 13. He says, It's right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because... I know that I'll soon put it aside as the Lord Jesus has made clear to me. See, Jesus had predicted to Peter that he would die. He told him the way in which he was going to die. And Peter knows that his time is coming. I wonder if you knew you didn't have very long to live. How would you spend your time? What would you be doing? Peter, in his last remaining days on earth, spends his time reminding Christians of the gospel, helping them remember. It's that important. And we need to continue to remember. He says, I'll always remind you, as long as I'm alive, I'll refresh your memory so that you'll always be able to remember these things. Peter's reminding them while he's still alive, and he wants them to remember after he's gone. And he, makes, he says he makes every effort that after his departure they can remember. And so he's written a couple of letters to them that they'll have. Um, Peter's testimony will go on to be recorded in what we know as the Gospel of Mark. Uh, and so they'll have these documents to help them remember these truths. We need to continue to remember. This is not just something we hear once. This is for all Christians. Whether you're a new Christian or you've been a Christian for many years, whether you're mature in your faith or you're still learning the basics of the gospel, Uh, whether you're the pastor of the church or you've just joined the church, all of us need to be reminded of the gospel. All of us need to remember. And Peter says, 
uh, in verse 12, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth, uh, he's going to remind them again. This is not like, oh, I've heard it before. Yeah, I got this. No, I'm going to tell you again. Keep remembering. It's to be an ongoing, continual part of the Christian life and our growth as disciples. Why is this? Well, we have a tendency to forget. We have a tendency to forget. There's the sinfulness of our hearts where we put things in God's place. We forget Him. There's the distraction of other voices that demand our attention. And Peter knows what he's talking about because he knows we're at risk of uh, forgetting and Peter himself was one who forgot. At the Last Supper, uh, the night before Jesus died, uh, Jesus predicted that the disciples would abandon him. But Peter said, Lay down my life for you, Jesus. I'll go with you to prison and to death, Lord. Will you, Peter? I tell you the truth, before the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. And that's what happened. In a moment of temptation, Peter forgot Jesus. Peter knows what it means to forget. He doesn't want us to make the same mistake. What causes you to forget? What are the other voices that are distracting you? I think there can be our own self-talk, our doubts. Does God love me? Am I good enough? My life's so hard. Well, there's Satan's lies that he whispers to us. God doesn't really care about you. That sin, that's okay. That won't really hurt. Don't bother praying. It doesn't work. It's too hard. There's the opinions of others that causes us to seek their approval. There's the voices of the world around us, narratives that are screaming loudly of who we should be, how we should live, what will really make us happy, things that often lead us away from the gospel. What causes you to forget? What other voices are you listening to? I think one area where this is particularly relevant for us as Christians is the digital realm. I think all of us need to do a digital stock take of our lives. We need to think very carefully about the amount of time and the ways in which we engage with digital media, whether it's social media, YouTube videos, Netflix, news articles, messaging, the internet more broadly. These are things which can distract us. They demand our attention. They speak loudly and they can start to shape how we view ourselves, how we view the world, and they can distract us, causing us to forget the gospel, forget God. Uh, this week... Um, didn't sleep very well, didn't have the best week, had a tough day at work on Thursday, got to the evening, was just struggling, 
sat down to like write my sermon. Like, oh, this is not going well. Um, and I started to, you know, the doubts started to come. Struggling. Oh, this is too hard. You know, oh God, I need. He won't help me. You know. Um, and then I spent some time in prayer, and I started reading this passage, and I was like, oh. I need to be reminded right now. This is the moment. I'm, I'm being tempted to forget the truths of the gospel. I need to remember. I need to remember right now. And that was a really powerful moment for me, kind of a light bulb where God actually taught me, this is what I'm saying. You need to remember this. This is not just some kind of vague notion in the Christian life. This is for when you get home from church today. And, you know, your kids aren't doing what you want them to do. This is for tomorrow morning at work or school when it's, you know, things aren't going to plan. This is when you face that hardship in life. We need to remember. Um, And secondly, we have reason to remember. We have reason to remember. So Peter points us to the subject of our remembrance. The subject of our remembrance is Jesus. Jesus is one who is worth remembering. And to show us this, Peter recounts the transfiguration. The transfiguration was this uh, event where uh, Jesus took Peter, James and John uh, up a mountain and there he was transfigured before before them. Uh, They got a taste of his glory He shone brightly. They couldn't look at him. He was dazzling in his splendor and beauty. They got a glimpse of his glory. And Peter wants us to see that Jesus is better than anything else. He talks about his majesty. And and this is not a human majesty. This is a divine uh, splendor that is better than anything we could know. Uh, He says... Jesus has been bestowed with glory and honour. Thinking about Jesus, remembering him, it's not to be like memorising something for an exam where, you know, you you learn some facts, uh, but it's kind of a bit dull and uninspiring. It's more like memories of a dear friend. There's a very close friend of mine who currently is over in America, um, he's been away for a while, and I miss him. And when I think of him, you know, I, I'm thankful for our friendship. I remember the good times we've had together, the, the fun and the laughter. I think of his encouragement and the support he's shown me. I think of his example in faith and the strength of his character. And it makes me look forward to when he gets back and I get to see him again. We have a living relationship with Jesus, the glorious Lord of the universe. As we think of him, it should warm our hearts. It should fill us with thanks for who he is. It should remind us of how beautiful and good and loving he is. And it should point us forward to when he comes back. Because that's what Peter says We did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power. Peter wants to remind us that we need to look forward because Jesus is coming back 
and we'll see him face to face. Jesus is better than anything in this life. I listen to the words of this old hymn. Jesus, the very thought of thee with sweetness fills my breast. But sweeter far thy face to see and in thy presence rest. No voice can sing, nor heart can frame, nor can the memory find a sweeter sound than thy blessed name, O Saviour of mankind. O hope of every contrite heart, O joy of all the meek, to those who fall, how kind thou art, how good to those who seek. Jesus, our only joy be thou, as thou our prize wilt be. Jesus, you are our glory now and will be for eternity. Jesus is the subject of our remembrance. He's worth remembering. And Peter points to the evidence for our remembrance. He wants us to know that he's not making it up. He says, we did not follow cleverly devised stories. But Peter and the other apostles saw with their own eyes. They were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And they heard with their own ears. He says, we ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven. They heard God the Father speak to declare who Jesus was when he said, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. God has spoken to his son, declared his identity, and he now speaks to us through him so that we can know our identity. See, following the transfiguration on the sacred mountain, Jesus was heading towards another hill, not one of majesty, but one of execution. See, Jesus, the one who in his life always remembered God and perfectly knew his identity, died on the cross for all the times we've forgotten God. But then God raised him from the dead and he ascended into glory, into heaven, to be seated at God's right hand, to take his rightful seat on the throne as king and lord. Because of all this, what Jesus has done, because Jesus remembered God and followed him faithfully, that secures our identity. That we have a place in heaven with God. That we are now God's children. That those words the Father spoke to Jesus, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. God now says to us, you are my child whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Because of Jesus we can be remembered by God and be invited to share in his glory. What do you need to remember? What aspect of the gospel do you need to be reminded of to speak to those other voices that distract you? Jesus, that will capture your attention away from those other things. Thirdly and finally, uh, we have the means to remember. We need to remember, we have reason to remember, Jesus, and God's given us the means to remember. Uh, Peter says, 
uh, we also have the prophetic message. He's talking about the Old Testament, but for us today, uh, we have the full canon of Scripture, the whole Bible as God's Word to us. And Peter says it's reliable. See, Peter's experience of Jesus' life and and the transfiguration was the fulfillment and confirmation of many Old Testament uh, promises. So Peter says we can trust in it. It's reliable. It's also vital. Scripture is our sure guide in the world. Peter describes it as a light shining in a dark place. As we journey through life still under the shadow of sin and death, we have this light. Though we're surrounded by darkness, a light that burns brightly. And it's our only guide out of the world. Peter says, we have it until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. That's until the day Jesus returns and his glory is revealed to everyone. This is the means we have to remember him by. And it's divine. It's divine. Peter says you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is God's Word. God's Word to you, for you. It's reliable, it's vital, it's divine. Is that how you view the Bible? I think most of us would say, oh yeah, we kind of know that, but is that reflected in your life? Is that reflected in practice? Scripture is God's means for us to remember who Jesus is, to remember who we are in light of that. God's Word is the food that feeds our spiritual hunger. It's the water that quenches our spiritual thirst. It's a goldmine for our spiritual poverty. It's a lamp that guides our feet. It's a roadmap for when we're lost. It's peace for our troubled minds. It's the joy and comfort for our sorrow. It's a balm for our hurting souls. We need to eat from it. We need to read it and learn it and love it. We need to let it fill our minds and shape and transform our lives. It's not just a book to sit around on the bookshelf and gather dust or to sit as an app unclosed or unopened rather on your phone. It's God's word. And Peter says, we need to pay attention. We need to pay attention to it. Did you see the blood moon or the lunar eclipse the other night? I think, Catherine, you kind of referenced it in your prayers, which was great. Um, I I didn't know it was happening. Uh, I kind of walked outside as, you know, 
uh, I, I do enjoy looking at the night sky, but I just looked up and he's like, oh, it's a blood moon. Lunar eclipse, yes, it's great. I'd sort of missed the best bit though, uh, which is a shame. Uh, and that's the thing, with the blood moon, unless you were intentional, you missed it. You had to know it was happening and you had to go outside at the right time to take notice and enjoy it. It's the same with God's Word. We need to be intentional. I think if we just think that we'll get to it at some point, hopefully, by chance, how often does that work? It doesn't happen. We need to be intentional. And I think it's great at the moment as we uh, develop our personal discipleship plans. This is a really good opportunity to think through, okay, what does it mean uh, for me to incorporate reading it, listening to it, taking it in, reflecting on it, letting it shape me? So I encourage you, both individually and, and in your DNA groups, think about how you're going to engage with God's Word. And as we heard last week, we're to make every effort It'll be hard. It'll be hard. I think most Christians, at some point or another, find uh, reading the Bible difficult and challenging. That's that's the reality. But uh, we need discipline and perseverance. Knowing that that will lead to such joy and delight as our relationship with God grows and flourishes. And we're to continue in it until the day dawns, until Jesus returns. So what does the next step for you look like to engage with God's Word? What does moving forward look like? Maybe you are reading the Bible consistently. Great. Keep going. Um, If you're not, uh, think through what that might look like for you the last two weeks, I started flossing. Uh, it's the kind of thing that, you know, you sort of know, like, it's important, I should do, the dentist tells me. Um, but I never really did. I'd brush my teeth, but then I wouldn't floss. Um, but a couple of, like, practical things, how I started was, firstly, I attached it to something I was already doing. This is, you know, creating a habit, how you create a habit. Attach it to something you're already doing. So every night, I brush my teeth. I know I'm going to do that. I thought, okay, after I brush my teeth, then I'm going to floss. Okay, that's the time. And so now that is like a trigger for me. I brush my teeth, oh, now it's time to floss. Is there a way that you can connect your engagement with Scripture to something you're already doing? You eat breakfast every morning. Great. Sit down with the Bible open. You drive to work each day. Put on the audio Bible in the car. You brush your teeth. Have a memory verse on the mirror to look at. Attach it to something you're already doing. And secondly, make it achievable. I always found like the, the flossing tape was just like such a hassle. You know, like, I can't get my hands in my mouth and it's like, oh. But I've got this little, like, um, it's like a little bit of floss on a little handle. And you just go like, do, do, do. Yeah, it's great. It's so much easier. So much easier. So, secondly, as we engage with God's Word, make it achievable. Things that will will help facilitate you to do that. Um, 
So don't think, okay, I haven't really been reading God's word at all. I'm going to start with two hours and, you know, power through the Pentateuch. You know, maybe start with, you know, I'm going to spend five minutes as I have a cup of coffee in the morning and chew over a couple of verses. So attach it to something you're already doing. Make it achievable. Um, But remember that we have the Spirit of God in us to help us. Like, it's going to be hard, but we have God's help. The same Spirit that spoke through the prophets, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is with us to help us remember, to help us as we engage with God's Word. So keep going. Don't give up. Ask God to help you in this. Ask for Him, His power. Ask Him to start using His Word to change you and that you'd find deeper joy and delight in it. So as we consider our need as Christians to remember who we are, uh, we lift our eyes to the subject of our remembrance, Jesus, the one who came from heaven and revealed his glory, his supreme majesty, whom God the Father declared to be his son, the the one who one day will come again in power. We remember him, the only one worth remembering who for our sake was forgotten when he died on the cross so that we can be remembered by God, welcomed into his glory and hear those words from the Father now true of us. You are my child whom I love. With you I am well pleased. As we remember him, we remember who we are. And in the the chaos of our world, in the doubts of our own hearts, in the clamour of the voices that demand our attention, This is something truly worth remembering because Jesus is someone truly worth remembering. Heavenly Father, we give you praise for Jesus, our glorious Lord, our majestic King, the one who is so beautiful, who abounds in love and grace and kindness. Thank you for his perfect life, his death on the cross in our place resurrection and ascension into glory. We love him and we await his return. We long to meet him face to face. Help us to remember these things, Father. Remind us who Jesus is and all that he's done and how that secures our identity as your, as your children. May these things sink deeper into our hearts. Thank you for giving us your word to guide us, to help us remember. We pray that your word would take a more prominent position in our lives and that through it you would be growing us, maturing us, encouraging us by the power of your spirit. We pray this week that you would help us practically uh, to put things in place that will help us engage with your word and uh, hear your voice, that you'd lift our eyes to Jesus and that our hearts would be captured by him. We pray in his name and for his glory. Amen.